joining me here at 6 o'clock a.m. for this special segment for our Focus Females Global Chat Cafe. Again, this is a added bonus show because you know that our show airs at 7 p.m. on Tuesday evenings right now, but I started a series over the weekend, started yesterday, and um Yesterday was all about remembering the past, but living in the present today is about facing our fears. Um, Again, welcome to this special program, special shout out to those of you who are listening live 
all over the world. Good morning, good afternoon, and in some places it's almost evening. So good evening to you. And for those of you listening in the replay, thank you so much. Or those of you who will be listening to the replay, thank you so much. And as always, a special shout out to all of the women who have served and are serving in our military uh, currently uh, and to our fellow brother counterparts, I want to say hello to all of you. Much honor, appreciation, and respect. Um, So a special hello to those of you listening to us over on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Thank you so much for being here with me this morning, on this early Monday morning. And as I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, um, The day starts a new chapter in my life, so allow me to introduce myself formally for this new chapter. It is September the 12th, 2016. It's also uh, my 53rd birthday and my first official day of law school. So you talk about facing your fears. Hello, hello. My name is C. Maria Wall, a.k.a. The Mediator and Shiro right here at Our Crown Zero. Today, as always, we are moving forward. We're talking about facing our fears. You know, a lot of people give you uh, the old adage that it's false, false um, experiences appearing real or something like that. Well, I say, been taught, so many of us have been taught It's either a generational thing or we've just seen so much in life that we've gotten to this point where we fear everything and we run. So today, fear stands for fearing everything and running. But by the end of the program, I want you to look at it another way. Take the acronym FEAR to face everything and rise. So we're going to go from fearing everything and running to facing everything and rising today. That's what this is all about. You know, many of you, as I said earlier, you heard that I was starting a new leg of my journey today, Um, my birthday, and I'm also officially a JD candidate in law school. Um, I'm excited and I'm scared, but My anticipation and excitement outweighs my number one fear, fearing everything and running. So today we will be feared so that we can find our prize on the other side of the bridge. I've done um, a show before where I talked about crossing the bridge. Someone had said, well, I'm afraid of what's on the other side. My response was, you'll never know until you cross over. Well, what if I cross over and I don't like what's there? Well, you have two choices. You can either stand at the edge of the bridge and look at what's directly in front of you, or you can venture off to the left or the right or go around what's directly in front of you. Or you can make that U-turn and come back to where you do not want to be. I say explore, 
And you don't have to run across the bridge. You don't have to jog across the bridge. You can take baby steps. Matter of fact, most bridges are over some types of um, canyons or waterways or something. And sometimes it's really pretty to just stop and look at, I don't like bridges. Again, I'm facing another one of my fears. I do not like crossing bridges. And because I'm on the road a lot, I have to cross some of the longest bridges out there. I look straight ahead, don't even want to look at my side view mirrors if I don't have to. I stay in my lane. Heaven forbid I'm going across a drawbridge, one of the huge ones, one of the larger ones. And the lights could start flashing, and I have to stop and watch the bridge come up. Then a huge ship is going to come through. Ships are cute and all of that. I just don't like to see them up close and personal because they're a little bit too big for me. So, again, I'm facing my fears all types of ways. People are like, um, oh, you're afraid of bridges? You're doing good because I wouldn't do this and I wouldn't do that. And I, I just wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't. I have people who have so many phobias of what they're not going to do because they're afraid of this and they're afraid of that. Well, when are you going to try to face those phobias? And so many of us have gotten so used to playing that role, to being in that, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I need a pill. I need a this. I need a drink. I need a this to calm my nerves. I'm not going to do this. You know what? I had that when I was on all of the pills for my depression and all of the pills for my pains and aches and all of the pills. I take nothing but over-the-counter pills every now and then and an aspirin on occasion. That's it. I decided that I wasn't going to keep making the pharmaceuticals rich because they were filling, pumping me with all of their man-made products. And you use one product, then you're going to have to get on another product and another and another. I did my research. I learned how to meditate. I learned how to let go. Well, what if I'm not taking all of this? Oh, if you don't take these, you're going to go right back into this depression, and you're going to fall apart. And that was years ago. And I said, uh-huh. Just because you're depressed in that particular moment does not mean that you'll be depressed for the rest of your life. And let me say this disclaimer. I'm speaking about my journey. Many of you, you may need your added medications. You may need to talk to the professionals. This is my therapy, but it's mine. It's mine. Do not attempt. Follow me and live through my life. This is my journey. If you need your medications, by all means, take them. Take your medicine. For me, in my defiance, I had to figure out a better way to do things. Then I was thrust into it. Um, you see, a lot of my injuries, well, my injuries were caused on my old job. And because they were so hateful and, and discriminative and nasty and, oh, they do some things and I'll be glad when they come to light to all of the dirt that they're doing. I hope they're investigating all of them. Um for whatever reason, I kept a book, and 
I was trying to start school back then and get back into the swing of school. Some people were allowed to go to school on the clock and get paid overtime, and they were nowhere near school. They were totally across town. And um, friends and family working there, of course, and taking care of one another, they were under the impression that I had this big-time encyclopedia-type book of all of the large enough to be an encyclopedia of all of the things they were doing wrong. They had tried to set me up, things like that. Um, one day I got a letter and they said, well, they're cutting off all of your workers' comp. They're cutting you off. Um, you know, I tried to come back to work. They wouldn't let me come back. They sent me to their doctor. They said, if you want to go back, come back, we're going to send you to our doctor. They said, yeah, you give her reasonable accommodation, which he listed. This is the agency's doctor. she come back to work. Well, they refused to do that. They have falsified documents. Um, I guess they forgot that I had my full personnel file, so we know what's brand new and what was backdated and added on paper that was milled years after it was allegedly written. So we are waiting for them to get enough, send us enough foolishness so that we can go after them properly. So I'm left without a job. I'm in an abusive marriage. Everything was going on. I had to face that. What was I supposed to do? Fear everything and run. Well, I couldn't do that. I had to stand up. I had to I had two choices. Was I going to thrive and survive or was I going to let my fears get the best of me? So again, I had to make that choice. So I chose to face everything and rise. I chose to face everything and rise. Many of us, we're in that type of work environment where people don't like us and they want us gone. Now, I'm not talking to those of you where you're wrong is all get out. Some of us were some of the best workers there, but because of insecurities and low self-esteem and this thing called who she thinks she is and, girl, don't do her, okay, I'm going to follow you, then people are attacking you for no reason, and these people are breaking laws. And that's at federal level, by the way, hint, hint. And no one's doing anything about it. When they try to discriminate against me, yeah, that's what the system is for. You file your EEOs, you do whatever you have to do, and sometimes their attorneys are just as, as uh, dirty as they are. Hey, so many of us, maybe, no, actually just two of us, two people being attacked the same way in different areas. I was forced out, not allowed back. The other gentleman got tired of it. Before he did something very rash, he resigned and moved on. And to see pictures now, because he keeps in touch with some of them. I do not. But to see pictures of them, they look so old and worn out, all of them, all of these people who were the troublemakers, the the people who were breaking laws and and, – falsifying documents and all of that. You cannot live that type of life. So they fear looking over their shoulder. That's their fears. Someone going to catch us? Is someone going to do X, Y, Z? They fear being caught. And rightfully so, though, you know, rightfully so. Let me get this together here. They should be. 
But then there's those of us who they were antagonizing, those people they were attacking. Go to work in fear every day. That's got to be stressful. It is stressful when you go to work in fear to our sisters who have served and are serving in our armed forces. Oh, my goodness. You made that choice to go over here and put your lives on the line for this country, for the people that you love. You stood up, and you are facing your fears every day. And let me say this to you. We are keeping you in prayer. We are keeping you in prayer more than you know. Welcome to those of you who are joining me who may be brand new today. I want you to... Sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. And one thing that I do, you will hear me get silent throughout the program. That's the time that I give you to digest what's been discussed and reflect upon the discussion and how you can apply it to your life or the lives of others who you know may need to hear this program. And by all means, if you know people who need to hear this program, feel free to pass it along. And I thank you so much for being here so early on a Monday morning before you begin your hustle and bustle of your new work week. So back to our discussion. First and foremost, what do we do? We have to get real with the person in the mirror. We have to have that talk with the person that we see. We have to let them know that it's okay to be afraid. It's not okay to stay afraid. Let me say that again. It's okay to be afraid. It's not okay to stay afraid. Because when we stay in that realm of fear, everything that frightens us is going to be drawn to us like a magnet. You don't see bullies of any kind bullying people who are their equal. You don't see bullies standing up and causing problems for people who they know that they could probably be bested by it. You don't see that happening. Bullies are drawn to those who they know that they can win over, who they know they can control, who they know will not fight back. You ever go on social media and you see what a little kid and he's walking with his books and all of a sudden here comes the bullies and their friends and the friends are standing around. Ha, 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 he, 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 and the friends, they're afraid too. But they know that if they follow suit and they laugh with the bully, the bully won't bother them. So don't let that fool you either. Or the one with the mouth, yeah, what he said, yeah, that's the one that's really afraid. And they're the ones. That's the one who is going the extra mile so that the bully won't ever bother him. He wants to have that one leg up on the rest of the members of the group. So that one is really afraid. I want you all to realize this, how you can tell who's really afraid. You just want to be left alone, necessarily afraid, but you want to be left alone. And you get tired of getting picked on every day. I, no harm, but I have to say it. 
when you have these kids, nobody's doing anything, and the kid keeps bothering them. The minute there's one where the minute um, the bully knocks the the books or whatever the the child is is carrying out of their hand, he didn't know that the child knew karate. Oh my goodness! The child turned around. And he did a roundhouse on the bully's head. He didn't know what to do after that. He was dazed. Another video showed the young man. It was two boys. And um, Bully tried to get back up. He knocked him down again. And he said he told him to leave him alone. Even when I was in school, I had tons of bullies for me. And if I said that I was just 53, you know how long bullying has been going on? And to come home to a mother who didn't care so I had to face that fear. And one day was a guy, I can't remember his name, but he kept bothering me. And he, back in the day, we used to have the, the notebooks and they had the, um, the denim on them, you know, the blue notebooks with the denim. Some of you who are older, some of you veterans probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, mine had a small tear. And he, he kept bothering me and he ripped the book. He ripped toward across. And the class was laughing, and they were, hi. I got tired after he did that. And he was some little short gimp. So I picked him up and threw him across the classroom. He was stunned till this day. Over 40 years later, I still remember what his face looked like. And I said, I told you to leave me alone. The class was silent. From that moment on, he was one of my best followers. He was never my friend. I don't have people like that as my friends. I don't care how much. If I had to throw you across the room for you to change your ways, you are not meant to be my friend. But he was really nice after that. So, yeah, even I have a story. And I knew that telling dear old mom in my home, because I had come from an abusive home, mom wasn't going to do anything about it. So, once again, I had to learn how to protect myself. Some people, I just chose to ignore them because had I fought them, they'd be dumb enough to keep fighting until one of us was dead. So I made it through by ignoring some and throwing others across the classroom. And no way am I saying for you to allow your children to do this. I was at the end. I had to protect myself. The teacher had stepped out, and when they got back, he was across the room, and we went to the office. Um, and they knew that he was a troublemaker, but it was so back then, teachers didn't really, they didn't take care of children, and a lot of them don't today. So it's up to us as parents to help our children with their fears. It's up to us as the parents to be there for our children. We need to go there. We need to ask the hard questions. We need to challenge the school. Go there with dignity. Don't go there and become what society says that many of us are supposed to be. And it, this this goes across color lines. You have parents, doesn't matter what color they are, where they egg their children on the fight, they are um, very belligerent when they go and talk to the schools. Some of them are the parents of the bullies and the parents of bullies themselves. And the teachers are afraid. I know when my son was in school, I had to go up there several times for him. And one incident, I had a meeting with them, and they said, you're the first parent that's not cursing us out and trying to fight us and trying to do this. You really can't. Yeah, I give a darn about my child. 
he was going through some things, and I had to work with them to see what was going on. We did it great, and he made it through. He made it through. But so many people, children are out here by themselves. They're afraid. Parents, your children kill themselves all the time. And then you say, oh, I didn't know. I wasn't watching. How many times do we have to tell you to know what your children are doing? Talk to your children. Know that there's something wrong. And and let's be real for a moment. If you know that your children don't follow the norm, they um they may have some health issues and things like that. Make sure that you talk to them and see how they're feeling. We as mothers alone, we have that maternal thing within our souls and our spirits. We know when there's something wrong. We know when our children are hurting. Those mothers and people who don't care, that's a show for another day. But we know we have to help to mold our futures here because those children are the ones who kept their heads in the books. They're the ones that are going to mount to something in the future. They are the ones who don't have that false sense of entitlement. We have to keep them safe. We have to encourage our children. And for you parents on the other end who are raising the bullies, you need to discipline your children. And in order for you to do that, you need to discipline yourself. Because guess what? At some point, you're going to meet your match. You're going to mess with the wrong child. If my child, he wore the thick glasses or something, and I know when we were growing up, my brother had the thick glasses and things, and they used to call him the professor in school. But I'll tell you this. If anybody, and I had to go to certain schools, one school that he was in, his middle school was awful. They were almost promoting certain children to fight to um, to cause a ruckus. I was not having that. They were nasty. They attacked me when I went up there, and I wasn't having that. I went to Congress. I went to the school board. I went everywhere. Next thing I know, that entire regime and office was gone from that school. Definitely a problem there, and they were not helping, they were enhancing the problems of fear and troublemaking and fighting and all of that. So we have to stand up. We have to face our fears sometime so that we can be the protectors of our own children. Some of us are fearful, and then we've kept that cycle going. My mother wanted me to be fearful of the world, and as a child she molded me to be but God gave gave me this brain, and I knew that something was just not right about all of this. From the family to society and life and outside of our, the walls of our home, everything was be afraid, be very afraid. She would talk so badly about our own family. I thought that they were the worst credence on the face of the planet. She still does, well, back when we were still communicating, on some type of a um, basis. I won't even call it regular because I've been weaning away from her for years. Um, The things that she would say, and if someone's listening, she's probably still talking about them. 
the aunt who's un- washes her hands all the time is so stupid, or the cousin who was so stupid for not knowing, knowing how to drive and making her children drive her around instead of her b- stupid tail getting her license, and the uncle who's who's an alcoholic and his daughter calls him by his first name and that's so stupid of him to let her do it and that's just how the you know these families they do all this dumb stuff and it's because you know they too lax with their children and blah 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 it was just one thing after another as a child you're hearing all of this and you're thinking what well what is wrong with these people you know and 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 she would say things that um she would always even bother me because if you've heard my story, um, me being a child of an adulterous affair and my the man who I know to be my father going back to his wife, and we're talking 53 years ago today, dear old mom took out that frustration on me. And because I guess they dated before because she had my brother two years, two months and two days before me, then he met the woman that he's still married to and, um, they got married, had their first child, and then my mom and my dad had an affair. Then my mom got pregnant with me, and I've been paying that price for all of these years. So again, I want you to understand how fears begin and what we need to do to break them. For some of us, we may need to have some personal help, some professional help. Don't talk to your friends because there's a lot of inexperienced experts in this world. Do not talk to your friends. They will have all of the wrong answers for you, and you think that you're getting good information to do the right thing, and you'll end up in a position where you will worse. So, again, you have to get real with the person that you see in the mirror. And it is okay to be afraid. It's not okay to stay afraid. Get involved in groups. You have to find support groups that can help you through this. You know, humble yourself. Don't think, oh, my gosh, people are going to know my business. Guess what? Newsflash, people already know your business. People know who they could get over on. It is human nature. All the way around, it's the nature. They go after the... um, weaker species, sex, whatever you want to call it. Animal in the animal kingdom, you don't see you what do you see? Lions and tigers and all of them. Who do they go running after? Usually they'll start with the babies in the bunch because they can't run as quickly as some of the others. They'll try for the injured animal and whoever they're trying to have for dinner. But they always look for their way in that has the least amount of resistance. So just remember, you have that power within you. Let people know, don't play with me. Don't do it. Don't do it. You want to talk about it? You want someone to listen? Give us a call. I'll give you all of our information before the show ends. This I promise you. Another thing that we need to learn how to do is meditate. If you don't want to meditate, just take some time to sit, be silent, and still. 
Then I want you to breathe. So we're going to do that right now. It's the beginning of a week. Some of you are going to workplaces you don't like, you don't want to be there, you're not in a place where you can just up and leave them right now. We're going to breathe. So let's just take a moment. Still, be silent. If you can, sit back, lie back. If you're listening to me while you're going down the road, hopefully you're doing this hands-free, but just breathe. Let's breathe now. Let's inhale. Now exhale. Inhale. Now exhale. One more time. Inhale. Now exhale. Just be still for a moment. Let it all go. Don't allow what may be, what may happen, what might come your way to take away your moment right here and now, this moment of peace and serenity. For some of us, this may be the only peace and serenity we will have all week. Some of you, as you're still in your quiet place, you may even shed some tears. Tears have healing properties. They will bring all of that negativity that you've been housing and holding on to. They will help to wash it away. They will bring it from your insides to your outside. Let those tears flow. Let them cleanse you of the stress, the problems, and the worry you have been carrying around for far too long. Let's just breathe. For those of you who believe, if you want to say some protection prayers and some prayers of strength and hope and help, do that. I start off the prayer every day, Lord, grant me traveling mercies as I head down the road. I'm not working today. Well, not at that job anyway, but I want you to know that. Guess what? You're not alone. You're not walking this journey by yourself. We are going to face everything and stop running. We're going to start facing everything so that we can rise. Most times things are only there. Your fears are there because they know that you will not face them. That is why your fears are there. I had a fear of spiders and still do. Now, if it's one big thing somewhere, no, mm-mm, I I may try to attack it with a broom, a very long broom. I need to get the longest broom out there. Smaller, medium-sized spiders. Now, I just had to do it. I'm like, wow, okay. 
Some of them, I walk up and I step on them now. Ooh, that's really facing everything and rising. And the others, if they're too big, yeah, I'll try to get them with a broom. Hopefully, I won't miss and they'll start to run like crazy because we'll both be running together. And if I can try to get them with some long shooting spray, that works well for me too. Yeah, it does. But at the end, no harm. I love to face that fear. And I have risen above it. And something else great I discovered is those little sticky pads. I leave them open. And as they're trying to run, they get stuck on those. I'm like, okay, great. You're stuck. Good. They work too. So that's one of my biggest phobias and fears that I have learned how to overcome. Uh, Dealing with people in general. Remember, I was taught to, to fear everyone, especially men. Heaven forbid, I was never supposed to be loved or love anyone. You know, dear old mom didn't have anyone, and I wasn't supposed to either. As a child, I feared her because she'd always threatened me, right through to my late 20s, I guess. Uh, my son and I didn't even live with her, but if she got wind that I was even dating, she would make threats. I'm going to call Child Protective Services, and I'm going to make some charges, and I'm going to, don't, don't live with me, don't live next door to me, didn't live anywhere. But if she heard that I was happy or in a relationship, she would threaten to sabotage it. It's what she did. It's only a few things that she did. Um, Lord knows I would, she would find out that I was wearing makeup. Oh no, that was awful. And whenever dear old mom wanted to hit me, she always used to make that connection on my left side. It just dawned on me. Maybe she did that because she was right-handed. I don't know. But, um, she would hit me in the face and she would allow my brother to beat me too. And, and uh, you talk about fear, living in fear. And when I say some people, because in, in uh, 2015 or 16, I can't remember, my, my uh, family member had questioned her about that. And she said, well, yeah, he used to beat her, but you know how that's what siblings do. That was her response back. And so many of you are saying, well, yeah, you know, brothers and sisters fight. Let me tell you something. Anyone of you who has children and you're allowing your male child to beat a female, punching her in the chest, hitting her in places that a woman should never be hit, kicking her and doing things to her that no woman should have to go through. Let me tell you something. Let me find out, and I'm going to report you too. Sibling robbery is one thing. I know exactly what that is. That was just straight-up abuse. Dear old mom would do something to tick him off, and he would take it out on me. And I've said the story many times that no one in my family helped. Now some of them say, uh, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't want to get involved or, uh, uh, you know, I just didn't want to get involved. They could have kept that to themselves because that is the most hurtful thing you can tell someone. It was better when I didn't know that they thought something was wrong, opposed to them telling me that they knew and did nothing. So, yeah, it's my time now. This is my leg of the journey. My mother's a narcissistic sociopath. She's never apologized for anything. She likes to be in control. You let the family not let her have a position in whatever they're doing, a power. 
I caught that at home. Many times she said how illiterate and incompetent they are. They need her. My aunt died years ago. My mother sent me this multi-page letter telling me how she's the queen bee and she runs this family and how dare I overstep the line. And when she dies, I can do whatever I want. But it was my job to tell my friends to come see her so that she could be in control and she runs this family and blah, blah, blah. I showed it to my friend and um, some of my friends because family wouldn't care. They're so far up in her that she's the best thing since sliced bread and air. So I've learned how to detach myself from them, and now I'm really detached. But after, when I got older and I knew and I got wind of family functions, because she'd never tell me until after the function. she said, oh, I didn't think you would go. But from what I understand, she was telling them, giving them the impression that I knew and I had made the choice not to show up. When I got married years ago, she had already put out that plan. When she never showed up to anything of them, I don't think anybody's going to show up to her wedding. She was hoping for that. She was praying for that. And when the family showed up, it was a beautiful family affair. It wasn't even about me getting married as much as it was about me giving back to my family and seeing all the family members that I had not seen before. Or I had not seen in a long time because some of them, have had, I had new nieces and nephews and cousins, and I didn't know who they were because I had not seen them. And I always used to tell family, please contact me directly. She's not giving me information. And they kept year after year, event after event, allowed her to say, oh, I'll tell her I would hear nothing. And then days later, I hear that there was a wedding. I hear that there was a this or that. Oh, well, I figured you didn't want to come. Is that what you told them? Don't question me. Oh, my gosh. I could sit up here all day. You want to talk about fear? I was molded to be afraid. I was molded to be fearful of everything in this world. But, hey, look at me now. Yes, I had my psychiatrist, my psychologist for a while. I had my pretty purple pills. I usually have the bottle around to shake for you because I have like six pills left. I stopped taking all of that. I don't know where it is right now, but it's usually right here because I always do my shake, shake. Let's see. It may have fallen, and I think it did. I think I have it. Yep, this is it. I keep that as a reminder of the hardest times in my life. I had a wonderful psychiatrist. He was awesome. I loved everything about him. I know that I was paying him for a service, and he probably didn't give a hoot once I left, but at least he made me feel like he cared, and he helped me through this dark moment. And I knew in order for me to get better so that I could get off of all these pills, I had to change my environment. I had to change my surroundings. I had to do it for myself or be a slave to the pharmaceuticals for the rest of my life. I chose not to do that. Me, this is my story, not yours. If you need your medication, take your medication, please. Please take your medication. Do not Sit up here and say, well, if C. Maria said it, I can do it too. No, you're not me, and I'm not you. You need your medication, take your medication. So many people, and some people, because when you've been down that road, you can tell when some people 
would rather take a medication than to stand up and just do the right things. Some people just don't want to do the right thing. There are those types out there, too. It's easy for them to claim, I'm, I'm not able to do anything. I need my medication. I need this. There are so many people I have come across lately where they have so proven. And it's sad because those of you out here, those of us who were really hurting and we needed to help, we can't get appointments and things because the people who are faking it just because they like the attention and the drama are taking up the time that we need because we do want to get better. We want to face our fears and move on. There are times when I get um, flashbacks of the domestic violence that I had to go through with my ex-husband, now ex-husband, and um, there are times when He's around here. He makes a point that I know when he's here. Even if he's at the neighbor's parents' house, he will park his vehicles or whoever vehicles they are. He doesn't have a real job, and he, he's not licensed to work as a contractor. anymore. He's not licensed to do much of anything. He doesn't have a driver's license. So other people must be getting him these vehicles, thinking that he's going to make all this money as a contractor. And really, he's still out there conning people and stealing from them. But he always parks the vehicle, which I thought was odd. He doesn't park it in the driveway. He parks it far enough up the driveway where it's a bird's eye view to my home. So if I walk out my back, I see the vehicle, and he has to talk loudly enough where I know that he's over there with the neighbor like I care. And um, as long as he stays away from me and he doesn't try attempt to uh, – he's done some things. But until I catch him red-handed, there's going to be a problem. Some things I have the police and the inspectors, postal inspectors and everyone doing because he and she have done some pretty shady things. So, again, I'm not going to allow his appearance, his being, his presence to make me live in fear. I refuse to do that. He's the neighbor's problem now, and she is his puppet. And the last time I saw her, she did not look happy, but she won't say anything to me. She won't even look my way. I'm living my life. That's a fear that I face every day. And so many women and coworkers and people that I know who are still going through this, they're like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I said, but see, that's it. That's what your abuser wants, for you to be too afraid to move forward. It hurts him more that I haven't spoken to him. I haven't attempted to speak to him. If I find out that he's done something that's illegal, that it's affecting me, I will have the legal authorities send him notes, messages, whatever. That's what I do. I do not to him, but I'm going out every day. I'm working. I'm doing what I need to do, period. That's what I'm going to do. Because I refuse to allow the fear of his threats and his ignorance and his evilness to stop me from living my life. Sure, he's upset when it had become very real that I was divorcing him and he was not going to come home to my house, not contribute much of anything, and then hang out with the neighbor and his other women too. I took myself out of that equation. Now he has all of his other women and the neighbor, who I believe he still shacks up with her 
but he also has his other women as backups. I'm not that desperate. I'm not that needy where I would want to have some monster like him in my home, under my roof, and in my bed. We can go on about all of the different types of fears and how we need to come over them. The question is simply this. Do you want to live in that world? Are you happy there? If you're happy and you're content and you know it, stay right there. If you're happy and content and you know it, stay right there. If not, reach out. Tell me where you are. Tell me what you want to do. I can look for resources for you. I can help you. We are here to do that. That's what our foundation does. We help those who have been broken. I love doing it for the simple fact that been there, done that. I would not sit up here and tell you about something that I know nothing about. There are so many feel-good, foo-foo, fluff-off gurus out here who want your money. They will tell you what they know you want to hear. They will give you so much BS, it's ridiculous. There's someone there. They keep tagging me in all these posts. I have told these people before that there are some people I do not support. I know what their real game is. I'm not here to make them wealthy. I'm not here to make them rich. I'm not here for that. I'm not supporting any and everything that comes along. I know a lot of the feel-good, foo-foo, fluff-fluff gurus out here. I'm not buying into it. You're not using me or my resources to tap into who I know so that you can grow your lives. I don't do that. But so many people who are still stuck and facing their fears and insecurities, they flock to these people because they tell them what they want to hear. And some people, the same people who haven't supported you in anything, when they know that they need more numbers, suddenly, hey! And then we give in because of fear of rejection, of fear of not being in the in crowd, fear of not being in the no. We need to let all of that go as well. Know the power of your no. They'll go on, and they'll be where they were before. They weren't talking to you until they needed you. You don't need to be in that circle. You don't need to be in that particular in crowd. Start your own tribe. Get people who are where you are who want to change. You all can start to walk your journey together. That's how you begin to face your fears. That's how you begin to face everything and rise. First, you need to talk to that person in the mirror. You need to tell them that it's okay to have fears. It's not okay to keep them. You need to find support groups. You need to take that moment to de-stress, to de-escalate, to calm whatever those voices are that you hear in your mind. You need to calm your spirit and your soul. Whatever you wanted to do, make plans to do it. If you're not financially able to just up and do it right now, this is what you need to do. You need to start planning. If you can save $5 a pay, 
or whenever you get extra money, put that away so that you will be able to do what it is. You want to go to a sip and paint, then you put that money away so that you can go and do what you want to do. You get together your list of everything that you want to do that fear has been holding you back from because guess what? Everything that you wanted to do is waiting for you on the other side of that bridge. Baby steps one foot in front of the other cross. Put your plan in place now to stop fearing everything and running and start to face everything and rise. That is so my message for the day, and yeah, I'm sticking to it over and over again. That was very cliche, but that was what had come to me right now because I am. I'm sticking to it. And guess what? That's part of facing my fears too, standing up for what I believe in and not backing down. Time for you to stand up and not back off. Face everything and rise. Let's do this together. As always, uh, there are several ways you can get involved with us. We have several groups on social media. Over on Facebook alone, we have about three groups there. We have Wow Women of Wisdom and Worth. Uh, We have Focus, Females Offering Clarity, Unity, and Success. That is our urban group. That's where we try to keep it lively and speak about things of um, the social nature, current events, fashion, finance, whatever the flavor may be for that day. We do have Focus Females Global. That is our professional group there where the mentors, mentees, um, therapists, counselors, coaches, all of us are there together. That group is by either invitation or approval only. Uh, Over on Google Plus, we have the Relationship Recovery Group. Uh, That's my worldwide coaching group. We're over 1,100 members strong and growing weekly. Um, We are a family there to support and uplift, inspire, and motivate one another. Our contact, uh, focusfemalesglobal.com. The email there is inspire at focusfemalesglobal.com. And there's also contact forms on all of our um, websites so that you can get in touch that way as well. Um, my website is cmariawall.com. And my email is letsgrow at cmariawall.com. And, of course, again, there is a contact form there. But what I really want you to know is that all of our programs, all of our talk shows, all of our programs, both virtual and in real world and time, are sponsored by the Wall Foundation Incorporated. And our foundation is an IRS-approved and recognized tax-exempt 501c3. If you'd like to donate, of course, your donations are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of current laws and um we would love to have you. If you have a talent or a service that you'd like to provide, we would love to hear from you as well. If you need that listening ear or you'd like for us to, to send us a text, 202-618-2556 is our number. And, of course, for those of you who'd like to add the pen to the paper, our mailing address is Post Office Box 272 in Randallstown, Maryland, 21133. As always, before we go, I pray each and every one of you enough. I pray you enough sunshine to brighten your rainy days. I also pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautifully. And I pray you enough smiles to turn the frown you've been carrying around upside down. 
But most of all, I pray you enough strength and courage to face whatever may be coming your way from this very moment and beyond. Continue to pay it and pray it forward. I am your host, C. Maria Wall, a.k.a. the mediator and Shiro at Your Ground Zero. And as of right now, today on my birthday, JD candidate, uh, I know that my some of my personal friends and fans are listening. They're like, yes, they've already started early this morning. So, again, um, I'm still going to be me from now and forevermore. Let's walk this journey together. So until next time, see you tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here in the U.S. for our regular Focus Females Global Chat Cafe, where our special guest is Mr. Romantic. He will be talking about the art of mental romance. So see you again, same place, same time, well, different time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, same phone number, 646-478-4726. Thank you for being here. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I will see you soon as we begin. We will end with Tori Lee's good music. I get lost in your words. It feels so good when I'm hurt. Take my mind off. 